Welcome to the Second Mile Church Podcast, where we believe deeper friendships, a bigger God, and fuller lives in Christ are found in the Second Mile. I was too late to the game to make sure she had the kickball we were going to use on Friday. She was going to drop it to me. Um, I don't have that type of awareness to figure out how that should work. So uh, I've got one coming from behind you now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I want to begin a, maybe a short series, but a series nonetheless. Um, I guess it should be four uh, weeks of, of this, but connect four. Um, I don't know. I would give this game a three out of ten. <laughs> Let's just get that off, out of the way. Agreed? Four out of ten? Okay. Um, it's, it's okay, but um, I don't know. I just get tired of winning against my kids. Uh, I'm just, no. Uh, but really, um, this is going to mess y'all up because it was a pattern. Now it's not. Uh, but the goal is not to have a pattern necessarily. The goal is to connect four, which I just did, right? And there, boom. Um, Connect for, the word connect means to bring together or into contact so that there's a real link established. There's a real link established. Many times we just think, oh, we've got to, we've just got to connect. Easy enough. But the word means until a real link is established. Uh, A link to a power or water supply is often used when you hear the word connect. Another definition is to provide or have a link or relationship with someone or something. The number one reason and the number one excuse, however you want to pin it, and I think it can be interchangeable sometimes, I think it can be separated sometimes. The number one excuse, the number one reason people abandon their faith or leave a church is what? Not connecting with people. Now, I'm going to give you two sides of that coin. It's, it's an easy cop-out. What do you mean, Pastor. It's an easy cop-out when people have unrealistic expectations of what it means to connect with people. It's also an easy cop-out when someone, I'm I'm going to step on some toes early and often today. When someone's arriving late and leaving early at church, yet you don't connect with anyone. It's an easy cop-out when you're attending sporadically, yet you can't figure out why you, this, you can't connect with anyone. It's an easy cop-out when you're never involved in anything other than Sunday service where 90% of the time is spent where everyone's singing together or one person's preaching a message. But I, I just... 
I just can't connect. Do you see the disconnect here? All right. So it's an easy cop-out. But it's also a real issue. A church can get consumed with insider mentality. A church fails to make an effort to enlarge their territory as the prayer of Jabez encourages us to do so. A church spends more time worried about a spiritual experience than a living organism called the body of Christ. Uh Uh-oh. But because this is a living organism in pursuit of Christ and passionately, hopefully expressing Christ to a world that desperately needs Him, instead of a stagnant country club for emotionally charged Christians... We must prioritize what it means to live in community. As a pastor, I must stress the importance of this local body interacting with each other. I must stress the importance of small groups that you've heard about. I must stress the importance of serving together, of eating with each other, of laughing with each other, praying with each other, crying with each other, and even devoting ourselves to the Scriptures with each other. That's a healthy church. Anybody been to the doctor lately because you needed to? Raise your hand. Anybody been to the doctor lately because you were supposed to? All right? More than a need, you were just... Maybe it's just ongoing... Checkups. When our bodies start to show signs of sickness, disease, or even being out of shape, don't, hit, don't elbow anybody. <laughs> There's typically a diagnosis, a prognosis, and a season, season of getting back into shape. Or at least that's the plan, right? Um. It's August, and you've had eight months to continue your New Year's resolutions. How well have you done? Uh Uh-oh. Pretty good, okay. Um, But some of us are like, well, Thanksgiving's coming, and uh, Christmas is on its way. I, I, I I could just jump back on in January. This whole getting in shape life and staying healthy kind of thing. When our body starts showing signs of these type of things, a diagnosis happens, a prognosis happens, and a season of getting back into shape typically happens. While second mile isn't diseased or infected, I believe it's out of shape for what God has ahead of us. That's why it's so important that I want to spend some time challenging the body of Christ over the next, not only four weeks that we may talk about this from Scripture, but four months that I'll talk about later this morning. We need each other more than ever before. I believe God is taking not only us as individuals, but the church, our church from glory to glory, as Scripture says. 
I believe there's the opportunity to minister to a multitude of people is ahead of us. But and, and there, there are things that I, I believe God wants to do through Second Mile Church. Not that we're special, not that, but because we're obedient, we're willing to embrace his presence, his power. And I believe that he's, will, he's looking for churches that are willing to do that so that he can express himself in a world that desperately needs him. But it's only going to happen if we understand church family. There's no, no, no historical evidence where God moved where the people weren't together. You take Acts chapter 2, the, the big boom pow wow of when the early church started in the upper room. They were what? All in what? One mind and one accord. Okay? There was, if something great and mighty happened, you saw that the people were together. It's only going to happen when we understand family. Now, two songs came to mind when I started thinking about family. We are family. I got all my sisters with me kind of thing. Get up, everybody, and sing. Y'all need to loosen up a little bit. (laughs) We are family. Come on. Got all my sisters with me. Come on. We are family. Get up, everybody, and sing. Get up, everybody, and sing. And then to kind of coincide with our worship set list, which I thought, man, great job, Candlers. Come on, y'all. I mean... Yeah. It reminded me of a Gaither song. That didn't necessarily, but in general, family. You're my brother, you're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's look at scripture here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I'm going to read all six verses one more time. And here's what I want you to do, because you may have just let me read it just then. And just said, okay, we'll get to the, the, the good part later. No, the good part I just read. And I'm going to read it again so you can hear it. Here's what I want you to do. If you've got a way of taking notes, if it's your notes on your phone or whatever that is, or maybe you're just good mentally, I'm going to read it again, and every 
word you see, every bit of language you hear and see that is used in this passage of Scripture that involves connecting or is associated with connecting, I want you to highlight it. I want you to jot it down. And I'm going I'm to give you a test in just a moment. We're gonna, I'm going to let you share some of those words briefly. All right, you ready? Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. All right, homework. What words stuck out to you? Breaking of bread. Together. Fellowship. All. I heard that many times. Signs through them. One accord. Okay, one accord. Attending. Attending. Together. Together. Selling and distribution. Okay, they, they were selling their possessions and distributing to all who had need. It added to their number. Um, so many different elements here. We, we tend to focus on verse 43 quite often in church. We want all to come on every soul. We want many signs and wonders. I mean, I preached on it last week about God is a God of miracles. But you don't hear that thread through this passage of Scripture you see that it's possible, right? But the thread is that they had something in common, that they were all together, that they were interested in each other. Now, I think, I think it's an interesting thing that this is how they start the church. But we get a chance to be a part of how it's finished. And if we're not understanding the power of connecting, the power of fellowship, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, here are the, the things that they're doing individually, and they devoted themselves. This is our call. We, we, the first two values of, of Second Mile Church is Jesus is our message and people are our priority. And I'm here to say 
If we're going to go down the journey and path I believe God has for us, it has to be understood that Jesus is our message and people are our priority. I, I desperately believe that while we, we may not be diseased or infected with, with isolation and, and cliques or, or yet, yet, it is a natural response for humans. And if we're not attacking it spiritually and becoming aware of allowing the Holy Spirit to, to make us aware of our desire and desire to connect with other people and our call to connect to other people. We can, this whole connecting is, is twofold. We need it. They need it. Say that with me. We need it. We need it. They need it. And so we can't be so selfish to say, oh man, I really need that in my life to where we only are consumers, right? We, we have to understand that there's somebody in need of me connecting with them. There's beauty in that. And, and so Jesus is our message. People are our priority. And I want to just open this first week up with one reason why this is important to our church. We're isolated. Americans are facing a loneliness epidemic. Social media has enhanced this. We all need interactions in real life, and then we try to imitate the need for those in real interactions with interactions through social media because it's a bit safer. It's comforting. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, let's look at the language used in social media. If, help me out, if when I agree with or affirm one of your posts, which button do I hit? On Facebook. Like. Doesn't that sound good? They like me. If I want to affirm one of your posts on Instagram, what button do I hit? They love me. They love me. Do you see how we have been suckered in to be tempted to somehow replace real life interactions that we were created to have with imitations? They like me. They like my post about my picture of my food that I was eating. They love me and my food. I mean, do you see the, what this feeds? That, that, was, that was not accidental. It's almost like social media world understands people. Right? And they know what you and I are longing for. Connection. Psychologically, psychologically, we get conditioned to accept this as real interactions. But can I tell you the most dangerous place a person easily dwells in spiritually 
It's not, it's not the place that, the place is not dwelling in sin. While that leads us to hell, it's not the most easily acquired space that someone dwells in that's dangerous. That place is isolation. No one else cares. No one lives the life I live. No one wants to worry about my troubles. They've got their own, I'm sure. No one suffers the way I do. Those guys don't struggle with sinful things like I do. And man, if I ever got there with them, they would think something of me. Oh man, those ladies are so much more prayerful and spiritual than I am. You see the lies here? You see how we're trapped with lies from the enemy? Isolation is the most dangerous place that is the most easily accessible for people to find themselves in. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty, what? Hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your cares and anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Be what? Sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring monkey. Huh? Lion. Seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered, somebody needs a promise today. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, listen to me, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Isolation. Look at the verbs in this passage that tell us what our part is in this journey of faith. To humble ourselves. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Resist the devil. What's the devil's verbs in this? He prowls. He devours. He seeks. Each of these verbs require a community to stay tethered to. The enemy is seeking to separate you from the pack this morning. How does isolation work? We separate or distance ourselves with church and church folk like a predator separates weaker prey from the pack. A lion is used here in 1 Peter chapter 5 because a lion doesn't attack, attack a herd of buffalo. We get that mentality that, man, he's the king of the jungle and one day you're going to get to go with me to Africa and see this firsthand. A lion is well respected in the wild, but a lion will never attack a herd of buffalo. A lion will never attack a pack of hyenas. 
while he can take out any of those, he will never be able to take out the pack. Y'all seeing a theme here? A lion always seeks out the weaker, the slower, or more specifically, the more ice, the most isolated. Every single time I have sat and watched in a Jeep a female lion. We were the only shade on this prairie. And the female lion crawled up under our Jeep. It's open top, as you might know. I was freaking out. <laughs> the Jeep's cut off. All we hear is the rustling of the, the wheat around. And the, the tour guide pointed out a herd of buffalo migrating like you see on TV, exactly like it. And there was a big, a small river between the buffalo and where we were. And this female lion crawled under our Jeep and watched that herd of buffalo. Waiting, trying to figure out when's the best time, who's the best one. We, we stayed there for it. 45 minutes to an hour watching this lion. Let me tell you what else I saw. This, this has everything to do with this right here. I'm talking hundreds of buffalo on the other side of this river and about four buffalo disappeared down the riverbank and came up on our side and stopped. The other buffalo are just waiting on the other side. I'm going to tell you how God has intended, how he's created things, man. We watched those four buffalo just sit and watch for probably 10 minutes. And then went back down the river, up the other side to the herd, and the whole herd began to move further downstream. They were needing to cross. They didn't send one Scout over, they sent four. If they know that there's a lion seeking to devour them, how much more should we figure that out? I, I watched this firsthand. That the devil uses isolation to bring us away from God and church. And so if I had to give today's sermon a specific title, it would be Connect for Prey Protection. P-R-E-Y. That you are prey to the enemy. He is out to flat out, not, not hurt you, not mess up your life a little bit. He is out to literally devour you. That is the, that is that is what you were born into, whether we agree, whether we understand this fully or not. I have seen the truth of God manifest itself all throughout my life, and this is another truth that is so real. He's out to devour his prey, and he's waiting for you to be isolated. How many has experienced the temptation, if you're honest with me, maybe you're in the middle of it, but maybe you're, you've experienced it years ago, where... You got isolated and the enemy just flat out almost took you out. Anybody there? Yep. Isolation is the most dangerous place you can be. And I, I'm going to 
Jacob, you can come and play, whoever's coming. I'm going to give you a, a, word for, a word for somebody that the Lord just dropped in my spirit this week. And I'm going to read it so it's clear. Somebody needs to hear this. You don't have to be alone. You're not the only one suffering the way you are. Your inner struggle is not a burden to us. Your desire for companionship and friendship isn't weird and it isn't desperation. You were created for community. You were destined to show up in this room today to hear what I believe is a word of deliverance for you today. Isolation is not your home. This church family cares for you. You don't have to be alone. You're not the only one suffering the way you are. Your inner struggle is not a burden to us. Your desire for companionship and friendship isn't weird and it isn't desperation. You were created for community. You were destined to show up in this room to hear a word of deliverance for you. You were, you were destined to show up to understand that isolation is not your home, church. Sir, ma'am, this church family cares for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, text YES to 910-537-5773. We have some tools to help you on this new journey. If you would like to know more about Second Mile Church, text CONNECT to 910-537-5773. Thank you for going the second mile with us, and now it's time for you to go the second mile in your life.